Hello and welcome to the All About Pigeons podcast. I am Phil. Everybody knows you're Phil. I am Chris. And he's Phil. Let's just do it that way. Hello and welcome <laughs> to the All About Pigeons podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Phil. <laughs> Phil, I just, I've always wanted to say, I just think that you got such a cool name. You're really lucky to have a name like that. I'm so tired yeah. of being called Chris, but I'll take it. So uh, let's talk about pigeon clubs, the race clubs, the specialty breeds clubs, roller clubs, all the different state, city, whatever clubs. We're both members of a club, at least one club. I don't know if I'm also a member of the NPA, but I have not been able to go to any kind of conventions or anything like that. But we do participate in our state club. Speaking for myself, I've definitely been able to make connections and you know, come up on birds I've been looking for through that club. Easier than when, you know, I'm just doing it by myself out here in the middle of nowhere. What do you think about the club and, you know, your experiences with it? Has it been a helpful tool to you? Oh, for sure. For sure. That's where I went to my first show. Like, that's the first show I ever saw. I met a lot of of cool people. One of these guys lives down the road from me. We get along real good super cool guys you you meet people with with uh, the same interests right. may not have anything else in common but you know you're you're there for one thing and that's the birds mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and so that's been cool it's you know you meet you always meet people that know way more than i do about pigeons i mean that's been super super cool you know, you, there's so much more to know than I'll ever even scratch the surface of. Right. So, yeah. You get to talk to some of these older breeders and guys who've really been yeah. in the hobby for a long time. And, and, well, that's, you know, so, you know, where I'm at, it's super rural. And for a long time, I even was just like, I'm going to just start my own club up here. And, you know, that's when I kind of first found out about the state club. So I'm like, oh, I'll go down there to check it out. And I was like, oh, man, these guys already got it going. I'll just become a member here. It's way easier than going through all the stuff of trying to start a, starting to start a club. And between here and there, there's other people that we'll usually carpool and pick up. And, you know, it's cool because we talk pigeons the whole drive down. And, you know, that's been really helpful to me. You know, it's I definitely got uh, Gary's been a real good mentor that's kind of helped me. And he came in right when I had that sickness coming through and I was just reaching for straws and he was the one who was pushing me to, you know, the next step is to take it to a university or a vet and have him look at the dead bird. And, you know, sure enough, that was the step that put an end to everything. You know, I finally figured out what it was and I'm able to get back in the swing of things and, you know, move forward with it. And I mean, I guess eventually I might've came to that conclusion, but I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't doing that, that at the time. I was just throwing medicine and stuff and not really knowing what to do, really. I feel like you'd quit playing with birds for a while if you hadn't figured it out. Yeah, dude, it was getting hard, man. When you start losing families, you know, that's heartbreaking when you got a, you got birds that, you know, you raise as babies and they become papas and, you know, you just start watching the that whole tree just fall apart from the roots up, man. It was, and my son too, you know, he did the rollers and he lost all of his birds and I lost all of mine and 
mean, it was straight up heartbreak. And, you know, I'm like, come on, give me the one good thing would be if I found out what it was. And, oh, geez, that was, uh, that was a lot of pain. But, yeah, you know, talking with Gary and, and, I, and I've read about it in the books, you know, like, but I didn't really like register. It's like, that's actually the thing you do. You do take your birds to these vets. And I had a heck of a time trying to find a vet that would take a dead bird. I ended up taking it to a university and they did it. And Shout out to Midwestern University. Midwestern, thank you. Yeah. Yep. They're going to start getting all kinds of dead birds sent to them now. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Midwestern University in the southwestern part of the country. Yep. Just mailing your birds. <laughs> don't <laughs> but that was good and i mean i just I, I just want to say you know i feel like that's with any kind of hobby it's always good to have a mentor you know and, and someone to kind of you don't have to reinvent the wheel you know just and you don't have to copy what they do but you know especially having them if they can if it's someone that can come out to your setup and look at your loft and your breeding situation and you know give you pointers and stuff it's it was super helpful for me oh for sure you don't have i mean you're never gonna reinvent the wheel there's a lot of information out there to get a guy started but there's enough information out there to get a guy in trouble too yeah you need um you need good practical knowledge working knowledge of, of you know people that know their people that know their stuff you know <laughs> not everything is google oh man Google gives you weird answers. I've it's just like it's just like a WebMD. You know, yeah. you start Googling <laughs> symptoms, it's you're screwed. You got Stop Googling. <laughs> the 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 diagnosis is, you know, this and whatever, and the actual cure to this is just to stop Googling and take it to the vet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because I, I had these books on pigeon health and stuff, and I'm looking at symptoms and stuff, and then I look on Google and it gives me something totally, totally different. Or I think I find out what it is in one of these books and I look up, how do you treat this? Because the book says this and then Google's like something totally different. And I'm like, geez, I'm going to have to go with the, what the book says, you know, I mean, I don't know where Google is pulling this from, but, um, right. <laughs> you know, but yeah, especially if you got someone who's like, yeah, you know, I dealt with this 10 years ago and this is what I did and it was done and I never saw a problem again. That's even, that's Wait. definitely way better than Google. Your situation. Um was also one that that uh i feel like somebody that was just a bird keeper in general would have they would have just put their eye on it mm -hmm. you might have you might have had a shot earlier on yeah. you know what i mean before it got but, too bad yeah. you know hindsight 2020 so yeah i mean if anybody's out there that doesn't belong to a club i'm sure there's one in your area i mean most Almost every state has a club. Definitely there's cities, you know, bigger cities that have the clubs going on and specialty breeds clubs. And, you know, if you look in the back of like a purebred pigeon magazine or something, you'll just see a list of all the different breeds of well, pigeons clubs hey, and stuff. One of my mentors, uh, well, the guy, you know, the guy that I, the guy that I talk to the most, he's, I don't think he's even in a club anymore. He's not um, with a, a roller club or nothing? I think he just supports them. Okay. You know, I, I'm, that's what I understand. But, you know, he's always, he's always hooking them up and stuff. But I don't think, I don't think he's in a club anymore. But uh, I'm sure everybody has been in a club at one time. 
you know, and uh, he's been really, he's been really helpful to me. The guy's, the guy's great. I won't name drop, but he's, he's a good guy. Super yeah. good guy. Well, you got, you know, you got a, you got a nice experienced mentor. You know, that's, you know, yeah, that's I, super helpful. Could, the and the way we met was super cool too. We <laughs> we met we, I didn't even know anything about the guy, and, and he just turned out to be just awesome. You know, awesome person. We get along real good. Uh, he's kind of a cranky old fart, but you know, it's uh, we have a good time every time we get together. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. And something else I wanted to bring up and talk about, and and I feel like this is kind of specific to certain clubs. That's culling, culling birds. And uh, Philip, could you tell me the difference between uh, culling and uh, killing? Now your name dropping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, so killing is what it is. Culling. It, to call a bird means to remove. It doesn't mean to remove it from the earth. It means to remove it from your situation. You know, you can you you pull it out of of the, the breeding or your flying program or uh, you know whatever your bird is there for. You pull it out for that. Um, now, if the bird is sick, you remove it to treat it, or you remove it to you know do what you got to do doesn't necessarily mean to kill the animal it just means to get it out of your situation for instance if a guy winds up with a dozen pair of birds um, and he intends to breed with them and only seven pair turn out to be prolific breeders that give good healthy offspring he would call those the other breeders from his program. He would remove them. He may give them away. He may sell them, or whatever he feels like. Or he may just turn them into flyers until they've exceeded their lifespan. Whatever it doesn't uh, doesn't necessarily mean to kill something. Right. A call a call is a bird that that guy's not going to use. Well, I mean, in my opinion, in reality, unless you're show, unless you're selling uh, winning pairs or birds with amazing records or whatever, you know, good stuff, you're selling them to make money. Or you're buying somebody's culls. It's stuff that they're not going to use, that they wouldn't, that they, they don't really need to keep or maybe they don't want to keep. Yeah. And I mean, one man's trash is another man's treasure, right? You know, maybe maybe some guy's going for a color that 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 young bird didn't come out with perfectly, but it'd be perfect for what you want, and you know maybe, that maybe. that would be work out. You know, I mean, if you're selling a bunch of uh, you know spade leg babies and stuff like that, you know, or you know, yeah. s- never, you know, and this should be obvious, but you know, never ever try to sell anybody sick birds people <laughs> you know that's messed up but if you got if you got like if you got birds that you know let's say you're you're a racer or it's some kind of performing issue and all you're really looking for is birds that perform well and you're culling birds before they can even get to the age of performing because you don't like the way they look no or not not even culling like if you're just killing those birds 
which you know I, I see all the time people do just oh you know the feathers weren't right so i'm just pulling it and they're not even showing these birds straight performing birds i kind of have an issue with that you know like we're you know there's lessons in this with animal husbandry like if there's a bird that's so injured like you got a bird of prey came in and wiped out one of your birds and it's hanging on by tendons you know put that bird out of its misery but you know killing babies because of a, a feather color when you're at a, it's not even a show bird i think that's excessive you know those that's when it should be let's promote this hobby give those birds to some young kids or somebody else you know and get get them that pigeon bug get them going I mean, otherwise you're like, you're literally killing the hobby by just overly excessively. I get it. Like it's selective breeding and stuff like this, but yeah, to coal, you're just separating it out. You're not killing it. Well, I'll play devil's advocate here. Oh, I have, I have a different opinion on that. When you're breeding or when I'm breeding anything, let's just say, for instance, the satinettes okay they have genetics in them that if you breed them wrong it totally it totally turns them into a different bird a bird with many faults uh it's a dq actually you don't pair them correctly uh there's a there's a gene in them that completely washes out the color okay if i give that bird to somebody to get it in get them into the hobby and they start farming those birds they're gonna ruin they're gonna you know they're not they're going to be selling stuff that nobody would use nobody would want to have or nobody should have i mean great pets i have a few like that but we're not cranking them out yeah. You know, that's they're just they have faults and they're my pets i let yep. them do bird things but we're not you know we don't turn them out i don't think that's responsible yeah but i mean like you said though pets they would be perfect for somebody who wants a pigeon as a pet which is like an exploding hobby right now everybody there's so many people with pigeons as pets now i think there are a lot and and you know, I think there are enough sources for pets that ruin a pure breed. As a breeder myself, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give those to somebody that was going to breed them. Yeah, That's and what I mean, I'm saying. yeah, and you would, yeah, you would tell them and be upfront. Hey, these, you know, these feathers here. This would be a DQ. This isn't really good gene pool stuff to breed. But I mean, a lot of these people that have these pigeons as pets. I mean, the majority of the ones that I see, like in the Facebook groups, it's they're like ferals or just a really generic homer. I think that even a, you know, genetically kind of messed up frill would look awesome. I mean, they're just, they're cool looking birds. Like that'd be a really cool bird to have on your shoulder as a pet. Right. No, I'm not saying, I'm not saying uh, kill them off. I'm saying I, I would be sure I knew, you know, everything has a yeah. purpose. You'd have to be careful. Yeah, you'd, you'd want to make sure that it wasn't. And look, I get the idea of like, you know, we got to where we are with all these different breeds because of this is the trade. These are the ones we're going to breed and staying with that for sure. The problem is there's so many peddlers out there, man. If they got a hold of, you know, a, a decent pair of birds in really great condition, yeah. they would be breeding and they would be selling crap. 
and they would be uh it's just uh, you know a peddler is somebody that sells a, a crap bird as a you know a good bird to somebody that's unsuspecting <laughs> right yeah you know uh, and that's not okay i mean that's not cool it's so that's why i'm i'm careful about who i turn what loose to yeah and you know even for buying too i mean that's another good reason to be part of a club because you know everybody and you know it's not like someone's going to just come in there and, and and chuck off a bunch of crap birds on people and then disappear you know they're people that you that's, see you know. yeah with when you're going to the, the clubs you know you got you should have a little bit of of an idea of who you know who has what you know if you're paying attention to the shows and stuff you can see who's who's got birds that are showing well who's got birds that are placing well you know whose birds are in good condition you can see all that if you're paying attention to the shows if you're if you're just going out and buying a bunch of birds you'll learn pretty quick yeah <laughs> and that's i think the best place to buy a bird is you know yeah through someone that you know that other people have bought birds through and been happy with you know it's through the club is it's a good place to buy birds it's it's kind of hairy some of the online deals and stuff we've talked before about all the scams that are going and stuff like that but so you got some birds here what just a few days ago i did from a guy you had never met but he's got a reputation and i know guys that have bought from him so that makes it okay so how did you know so how did you find this guy did he contact you you contact him what happened i contacted him from a guy in our club gave me his name and okay. he's bought and he's bought birds from him before but he is out of state where's he at oregon oregon so yeah. three states away yeah the uh, and we, you know i never you know i had birds shipped here but you know we got the birds shipped here but that was pretty interesting but uh um, lucky because we've been hot for a long time but yeah and that worked out good we were actually waiting for it to cool off to mail the birds and that gave me some time to kind of scrounge up some money to buy the birds <laughs> so everything timed out just right with it and we did a mailing on a monday so that way they'd get here in time and you know not sit in the post office over the weekend sort of a thing so i'm gonna i'm gonna flip open this william levi encyclopedia and i'm gonna start reading a description as soon as you know what breed i'm reading i need you to just shout it out okay i don't see how smart you are with all these breeds so the origin is from scotland and let's see around 1850 or earlier whether two strains were created independently at the same time or whether one country shipped birds to another is uncertain the description is a performing breed whose performance is restricted to the ground floor oh man anything yet oh wait you got some of those it's the parlor roller it's a parlor roller <laughs> see look at that you're, man, you're good I, I can just read a few sentences of a description and you got it there's how many birds in that book you set me up yeah. Are they the only ones that roll on the floor? Yeah, they got the parlor tumblers, which will do backflips, but they stand and they do a backflip and land on their feet. Mm -hmm. Did they look the same? Or what's are they physically different? Yeah, they, they the tumblers, um, they'd look a little different. These things have a real, like, uh, kind of slanky, like, look to them. You know, they got short feet, long body, really small bird. I think it said seven to ten ounces. I'm going to just put this out here right now because it just popped into my head. 
when we cite off stuff like this and we're talking about it, we should probably post an example on the on the Facebook page. Okay, yeah, I'll do that. I'll just take a picture of some of the ones I got here, actually. You feel me? Mm-hmm. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, these uh, they're, I'm I'm super excited to get into this breed. This I don't have, you know, a lot of different breeds. I try to stick with like just two, so I can maintain focus with with them. And so yeah, I guess I'm I got five pairs. So hopefully they all match up together. I'm still kind of figuring out the hens and the cockbirds right now and putting them together. But I got a really pretty uh, almond one and some blacks and. You're browns. sure you have five pair? Um, I'm thinking so. I'm, I'm so far. There was one situation where I think I had two hens and one where I had two cocks, so I flipped them, and uh, I think they should all match up. But you know, just good now. yeah, just like with like the racers and with the um, rollers and stuff, you know, there's different uh, bloodlines, I guess, of the rollers, and so the blacks are a bloodline and the browns are a bloodline. So I got those two, and you know, I've after a couple of days of letting them kind of calm down from the shipping, I busted them out and was rolling them on the carpet in my shop here and. You know, I'm taking them to the park to, uh, tomorrow with the kids. And, you know, how does that work? Around. What What are you doing? Kicking them like a can? Or <laughs> how does that work? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and this is funny because I've read articles about, you know, they even have like, you know, guys really believe in certain ways of how you, how you get the roll first started or whatever. But yeah, you put them in your hand and you roll them and they do backflip somersaults and they just keep going and going. So typically i mean i think most guys like on the on the roller groups on facebook i see are 20 to maybe 60 feet and stuff like that you know the world record is 1037 feet they said that bird rolled for 15 minutes or something like that but these ones you got are 500 footers right uh i don't know that'd have to be a pretty steep hill (laughs) get them going and they can't stop and uh that's one of the things they said about with training is that when you train these you want to you don't want them to stop on their own because once they learn how to stop the roll then they'll always stop so you want to as you're rolling them once you feel like they're kind of getting to a point where they might stop you grab them up and that's how you so, train them you think they think they're flying or are they are they getting a buzz off of the spins i don't know i mean they <laughs> they i mean so i guess that some of the young some guys will say that some of their young will actually fly like two or three flights and then that'll be it then there would be a completely flightless bird the rest of their life like when they're when they're first born and they get to that point where they got feathers they'll they'll fly around a little bit and then they'll do a roll in the air and then they never fly again but then some some guys yeah they say they never fly at all what must they be thinking oh man i mean think of the point of view it would just be like Sky ground, sky ground, sky ground. <laughs> I've done this before. I did it in a t- in a tractor say, tire down the hill. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that man. You were in that Smashing Pumpkins video. That was pretty cool <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. I don't know. I, it reminds me of remember them old cars you got when you were a kid. You'd, you'd wind them up backwards and let them shoot off. You know, yeah. that's what it reminds me of. You know, just something like I love performing breeds, and this is a breed that you can really you know kind of play with and interact with. And, you know, the kids, you know, they can take them out to the park and, you know, oh, I dropped the bird. You know, it's not going to take off and fly away and never see it again. It's just going to hit the ground and start rolling, you know, right. so it's great for kids, too. But they're they're a cool looking bird there. I at first when I saw him, I was kind of surprised. You know, I've seen pictures of him and stuff like that. But, you know, when you see a bird um, in person, it's always different. You can really see it in a, in a real way, the just the way they're built and stuff. And 
you know, I got them in a cage next to my homers and they look really tiny uh, next to these homers. But very, very cool looking birds. Um, they got really pretty eyes. And like I said, some of the colors you can get on these are really pretty too. But it's really about the uh, the performance aspect of it that I, I'm really drawn into. How much How much does a bird like that cost these days? I'll tell you, man, when I was first looking, I was, I was getting hit. I was kind of getting sticker shock. And I was like, well, I guess I might not ever get some of these birds because, holy cow, they're kind of expensive. But... Uh, what were they asking you for? Yeah, some of them were like a hundred bucks a bird, and I kind of saw that throughout, and I thought that was kind of high for a bird. You know me, I probably got the reputation as the cheapskate when it comes to buying pigeons, but uh, that, that's too steep for me. But I ended up, this guy gave me a smoking deal on these, and uh, you know, he's like, if you buy them all, I'll give you this price on them. And um, so I got them for 20 bucks a bird. Nice. Yeah, I was really happy with that. You know, the shipping was a lot. <laughs> You know, she you, ten you birds. Got, you got twenty-nine bucks a bird. Doesn't yeah. sound so big if you think of it that way. Right. Yeah. So I'm really happy with it. It's a uh, it's it's a breed I've I've always kind of been starstruck with, and you know, hunting it out for a while to finally find it was pretty cool. So I'm happy about that. And you know what? I don't know for sure, but I gotta think that these this breed of bird isn't as big of a target for birds of prey <laughs> not being in the sky and everything else yeah maybe it's like a... dogs at the park they might want to go after it but uh <laughs> they wouldn't be hard to catch no no yeah, yeah i mean flopping around walk like around that. yeah they they'll walk, walk around? around yeah they walk around like a regular pigeon now when you go to grab them they'll, they'll immediately start doing the roll really yeah they, they flip right that's, into it that's crazy that is crazy yeah. now will they stay like that forever yeah yeah they once they get into that man that'll be their thing i'm really gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna take half of them out tomorrow to the park and see what kind of distances they roll and i'll put some videos up on the facebook too show you guys what's good with that but i did want to touch on the bird of prey well we still got a little bit of time here obviously bird of prey wants to touch on you the bird of prey wants to touch on all the pigeons in the sky and I, I pretty pigeons and i know it's worse for some guys especially like it seems like california is just stacked with them for whatever reason like and where we live we got ravens all over out here and typically i don't have too many bird of prey attacks i mean i've only, I've only ever lost one bird we've had them come through before and push our birds up but i've only ever lost one we're kind of lucky in that but i know i hear about it all the time you know and Guys, guys, there was a guy who did a post. The answer to the bird of prey problem is just breed more birds. <laughs> these guys have these big breeding programs just because they're losing. Every time they fly, they're losing a bird. That's rough. Yeah, it's unfortunate that some, you know, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to have some extras when I go to compete because yeah. when I lose some, I'm going to need some. Now, that's just the bottom line. That's the only answer to to, you know, I mean, if you're going to compete, you got to have alternates, period. Right. Especially uh, if it's like, if it's an 11 bird fly, you can't be like, look, I got hit yesterday. Can I fly six? No, 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 no. And you're, we were, I was even talking about this with my friend today. The, uh, the 11 bird fly should be after the 20 bird fly because you're taking your 11 birds out of your 20 bird kit you're going to take your best birds, right? To fly in that 11 bird kit. Yeah, truly, yeah. 
this same week you're gonna you're gonna try to fly your your 20 bird kit you know and they're gonna be working different it's gonna be it's it's different um so that's a struggle but yeah you have to anyway if you were to get hit you know in your a team or whatever it, he, he lost two birds last week you know two of his two of his birds last week and then uh when i was there he got two of them chased off i think that was one he lost i mean the numbers go down pretty fast with the feeding the hawks yeah yeah the birds of prey man i have a a female harris hawk big old bird uh i can pert near just hold a bird in the air and the thing will come down to the ground it just knows when you know it's got me it's got us figured out oh they know where all the pigeon lofts are in the city at least i mean that's just like how we know where the mcdonald's are <laughs> i think they'll move on eventually you know because it, it's it's totally seasonal i don't see this stuff you know in the springtime it, it's yeah. it's not the same you know they'll migrate they'll find another spot to chill but they'll come back next year same same yeah you know maybe the ones that are migrating from someone else's place for that season are migrating to your place you know it's like well, i feel yeah, i feel like i see them kind of year round but there's also so many different breeds and stuff and and so that's that's what we're going to be doing on this right so anybody with the birds of prey problems like this here we go we're going to be bringing on falconeer i don't I don't know if he if he has other birds that are falcons. I don't know if he's considered still a falconer, but he's you're, a bird. Your falcon, what a falconer or a hawker? Hawker, or I think uh, it's hawker. <laughs> we'll find out. No, but I'm serious. It sounds weird, but I think it's they're hawking. They're. Hawkers. I think I think that sounds like something you were talking about earlier with the pigeon peddlers. Those guys are hawkers too. Yeah, they're hawking pigeons, <laughs> but I mean, so are these guys. So yeah, uh, whatever. But yeah. yeah, we're going to talk about the, the birds of prey with uh, Captain Jack Bowman. Yep, a member of the Arizona Pigeon Club. And uh, we actually have a few guys in our club that are either current falconeers, hawkers, whatever, boppers, or have in the past. Um, just all bird people and stuff like that. But we're going to be There's picking big his brain. Boppers. <laughs> big boppers. So hopefully we can get some information from him about very cool what we can do and you know just learn a little bit about them and because you can't hunt them so you got to kind of find a way to live with them and still keep doing the pigeon thing. Can't live, yeah. You can't live. You can't live with them, but you. Dude, you could. Know. You could totally I mean, live without them. All up. I think you could live without them. <laughs> but. Yes, I could totally live without them. I could totally, I could live without them, but you know, whatever. They're beautiful. I, got, I give them that. They got the, they're very impressive, but geez, they're hard on my pigeon. Yeah. So don't, don't, <laughs> don't miss out on that one. Make sure that you're uh, following the, the Spotify or however you're listening, Google Podcasts, whatever. Just follow us so that way you don't miss the next one. It's going to be all about, we're going to be talking about the master, the birds of prey, and pick his brain and see what we can do and learn a little bit about him so that way we can help our own birds out too. Hey, uh, National Roller Fly is uh, Thursday through Sunday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, okay. Well, we'll have to we'll have to talk with um, Ricky and make sure we get some stats and everything and see how everybody's doing. They'll be flying Lavenbird here on Thursday, and I believe it's Saturday. So, kind of cool. 
Yeah, we'll definitely Saturday is twenty bird. The uh, hopefully hopefully those guys get some good weather, not so much wind like before, and everyone gets a good fly. Yep. Good luck to everybody. Yep. That's the guys. Make sure to check out the Facebook page for the All About Pigeons podcast. I've been uh, all the memes on there are homebrewed for me, so that's why they're not any good. So I hope you enjoy them. He's just too twisted. Thanks for listening. Thank you.